But here's our goal tonight. Our goal is that you might begin to understand how much God loves you. Um, the band was up here and they read that a passage, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. And that whole passage in the original language, when it was written by the Apostle Paul, it's just one sentence. That whole thing is one sentence. No pauses, no transitions. It's one sentence. And what that means is it's one train of thought that goes through the whole passage. There's just one train of thought that the whole thing is about. And what that that thought is, is that the love of God flows into the blessings of God. Or you could say it like this, the blessings of God flow from the love of God. So, So this is what you need to know. When we're talking about God's love, before God created anything, he loved you. But before God ever created anything, he loved you. The text for that is Ephesians 1, 4 through 5, if you have your Bibles. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purposes of his will. So what he's saying is before God created anything, he loved you. And he blessed you by being adopted into his family. Before God created anything, he loved you and he called you a son and a daughter. I love the way that NIV translate that last part. It says, for the pleasure of his will. He's saying God was pleased to adopt you. He was happy about it. He was happy about it. But when you just got to understand this. God has always loved you so Go, go to Genesis 1. If you have your Bibles, go to Genesis 1. It's the first chapter in your book. And Genesis 1 is going to say that God was creating, and he was there, and he began to create the heavens and the universe and the earth and the plants and the people and the animals, and he just began to create. But what our passage said right there, that before the foundations of the earth he loved us, is that before Genesis 1 ever happened, he loved you. So, so if you want to, you can write in your Bibles right there and say, God has always loved me, and write that right above Genesis 1. So anytime you read about God creating, you can just remind yourself that before that ever happened, God loved me. And don't miss this. So before God created the earth, before God hung the moon in the sky, before the first wave crashed against the first beach, Before the first flower bloomed, God loved you. But not only did God love you before you were ever born, God loved you before you ever sinned against him. God loved you before you ever rebelled against him. And God loved you before you ever obeyed him. So what does that mean? What does that mean that that God loved us before all that stuff happened? This, this is what I think that means, is that God's love for us is not based on our performance. God's love for us is not based on what we do. God's love for us is not based on what we bring to the table. But rather, God's love is based on Him and how He loves us. But this is the problem we run into, students. We, we begin to fall short, and we begin to fall into sin, and we just don't feel 
like God loves us anymore. But, but here's the problem with that thinking. If God loved us before us, then God doesn't stop loving us when we sin. If God loved us before us, then our sin does not make God stop loving us. There's an analogy that a pastor I listen to named Matt Chandler, he uses it. So does anyone have little brothers or sisters? Who saw them growing up? Like learning how to walk and talk? Who, people remember? Okay, so you're going to be able to understand what I'm about to say. And so there's this point, see if, see if you're, you, you recognize this. There's a point where they begin to crawl, right? And then they begin to kind of stand up on tables. Do you all remember that? The standing up on table phase. And then they begin the bouncing phase on the tables. Do you all know what I'm talking about? The bouncing phase? And what proceeds after the bouncing phase is they let go of the table and they have these really big heads and gravity takes over and they begin to fall. And so what happens, because they have this natural instinct to live, they put their foot out and they put their foot out and then they usually fall, right? When they're learning how to walk. And so, but... But listen to me, it would be ridiculous for the parent at that moment to be like, what, what's wrong with you, kid? Why can't you walk? Like, what is wrong with you? I can do it. I can get to the dog to do it for a treat. What is wrong with you? It would be ridiculous, right? But listen to me. The heart of God, when we fall, there's a reality in our lives that as Christians, we're going to fall and we're going to fail. It's a reality. But the heart of God in that moment is not, what is wrong with you? Why can't you seem to get this right? What is wrong with you? Guys, the heart of God in that moment is keep coming to me. Just keep coming to me. Don't worry about it. I know you fell. Just keep coming to me. It's okay. I love you anyways. Keep coming to me. Keep coming to me. Guys, the second blessing we're going to talk about is in Ephesians 1-4. And because of God's love for us, he has blessed us by being holy and blameless in Christ. So Ephesians 1-4 says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So this means we don't have to feel the shame, like the guilt that we feel when we sin. This means that we don't have to let that control us because of what Jesus did. God sees us as holy. God sees us as blameless. Holy means set apart, and blameless means without guilt or shame. And so he's saying, I don't see your sin anymore. I see Jesus. I see Jesus. I love what one pastor named Doug Field says. He says, every Christian blows it, and guilt is the Holy Spirit's whisper inviting you back to bathe in God's grace. So what that means is, is that when you fell and when you fall, the Holy Spirit comes to you, and he's saying, it's okay, come to me. It's okay, come to me. Don't run away. Don't keep laying there on the ground. Come to me. I feel like a lot of times that when we think about our lives, when we think about 
the way we start out, we think of it like a rose or a flower. And so kind of like this, a flower. Does everyone see it? It's nice, it's pretty, it smells good, it's yellow, which is a plus. And so every, we, we think of ourselves like this flower, like we start off perfect. But then as we start going through life, we begin to mess up and our, our petals begin to fall off and we mess up here, we lie here, we still here. We did something we knew we shouldn't, and, and our flower becomes broken, and it becomes messed up, and it becomes all wilted and all crumble up, and then we see ourselves like this, and we're like, how could God want this? Like, how, how could God want this? How could he love me like this? But, but the truth is, and we miss it, is we didn't start off perfect, we started off like this. The Bible's going to say you started off dead in your sins. It says you started off broken. It says you started off messed up. But the good news of the gospel is, is that Jesus came to make you beautiful for the first time. Jesus, Jesus came to make you perfect. Jesus came to make you yellow again. Jesus came to make you beautiful. Jesus, I love what Colossians 1.28 says. It says that because of what God's done in us, that we're going to be presented as perfect in front of God. So that one day we're going to see God, and God's going to see us, and he sees us as perfect. He doesn't see our sin anymore, and he doesn't see our mess up, but God will see us as perfect. The third blessing that this text talks about is not only is the guilt and shame gone, but God has blessed us by being redeemed and forgiven by the blood of Christ. Our text for that is Ephesians 1.7. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And so what's that saying there is that if you're a believer in Christ, you've been redeemed and forgiven. So to be redeemed means that you've been freed, you've been liberated from bondage. And so maybe, maybe for some of y'all, y'all have been at this point where you felt stuck before. Has anyone ever felt stuck before? Like, you know, you know what's right and you know what you're supposed to do, but you just can't seem to do it. And you just keep messing up over and over again. And you just want to get out of it with all that you are, but you just seem stuck. Has anyone ever felt that way before? Got because what being redeemed means is that God's freed you from being stuck. Being redeemed means we're free from being stuck. We don't have to live that way anymore. He's freed us from that. Also, if you're a believer in a Christ, you've been forgiven. But I think a lot of the times we don't feel forgiven because we keep on sinning and we feel, keep on feeling that guilt and that shame. Does anyone ever feel that? When they mess up, I know I do. But the thing about forgiveness is not only did God on the cross and Jesus, when he, he died on the cross, pay for our past sins, but he also paid for our present failures and our future mistakes. So, so what that means is that tomorrow when I mess up, tomorrow when I fall short of what God has called me to do, Jesus is saying, I paid for that on the cross. 
And next week, when I mess up again, and next week when you mess up again, Jesus is saying, I paid for that too. I paid for all of your sin. I paid for it all. Guys, being forgiven means that God loves us just as we are. I feel like we just get this idea in our heads that God's in love with this future version of us. Like, God doesn't love us right now, but we have to do better. We have to clean ourselves up. We have to to stop this and stop that. And then at that moment, God can love us. But what the Bible is going to say is that he loved you at your worst. He loved you when you were broken and messed up and all your petals were falling out. And he loved you then. So he's always loved you. Guys, God knew you were going to mess up. He knew you were going to be messy. He knew you were going to fail often. And that's the whole point of the cross is that God is saying, I paid for that. I paid for that. The whole point of Jesus going on the cross was to pay for your future mistakes when Jesus died. He's saying, I don't care what you've done. I want you in my family. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. And I'm going to pay for you with my son. Being forgiven means that God loves us just as we are. Our last blessing that we have because of his love is that God, because of God's love for us, he has blessed us by being sealed with his spirit. The text for that is Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. It says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So what he's saying is there that when you become a believer, God puts his Holy Spirit inside of you. And not only does that help you live out the Christian life, but it says that it's a guarantee that you're going to see him one day in heaven. It's a guarantee that you're going to see God in heaven, that you're going to be there, that you're going to be a Christian all the way till you get to the end of your life, And that at the end, you're going to see Jesus face to face, and he's going to say, well done, faithful servant. So so what does that that mean for us? Why, Why is that important, us being sealed with his spirit? It's important because if we know Jesus, that means that we don't have to fear losing our salvation. If we know Jesus, we don't have to be afraid of losing our salvation. Because God says, if you're really a Christian, I put my spirit inside of you as a guarantee that you're going to be in heaven one day. And so if that text isn't enough, we have 1 Peter 1.3. So if you're, not, if you're not all the way there yet, 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So so what does that mean? It means God's guarding your salvation. 
God's guarding your salvation for the day that you see him. So so what's going to happen if God's guarding it? Is is someone going to come take it from him? Almighty, powerful, creator, God of the universe, is someone going to come take it from God? Is is he going to lose it? Is he going to have a hole in his pocket if it's going to fall out? No, no, what that means is that we don't have to fear losing our salvation because God is guarding it. Here's another text, Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. So, so what he's saying there, guys, is listen, follow the train of thought from the beginning. If God has always loved us, and God sent his son to save us because he loved us. And he blessed us by being called, calling us sons and daughters because he loved us. And nothing can separate us from his love that he's always had for us. Then we don't have to fear losing our salvation because God is guarding it. And nothing can separate us from his love. So, so, so the whole point tonight is that we're talking about how much God loves us. We're talking about how, much, how, how immense his love is. And God shows us his love by saving us. But, but what are you going to do about God's love? What are you going to do with God's love? Because God's love demands a response. God's love demands a response. Hebrews 2.3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? So he's saying, he's saying, don't ignore this great salvation God has for you. It, it'd be like this. Let's say someone came and they made you an offer. So y'all are sitting at this table and they put a billion dollars in front of you. Do we like a billion dollars in here? Anyone like a billion dollars? So we like a billion dollars. So someone puts a billion dollars in front of you. And they say, you can have it, no strings attached. And you're just like, man, I don't know. I got some video games to go play. I'm not sure if I could take that money. Or, man, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be a professional football player when I grow up. I'm not sure if you know that. So I can't worry about this money thing right now because I have too much going on in my life, or, or maybe, I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to the mall later, so I can't take this right now, because I gotta go shopping, because I love clothes. So, if, if I was your friend, and that was your response, I would, I would grab you, and I would begin to shake you violently, and say, what is wrong with you, you big dummy? Like, what is wrong with you? You can't just ignore what you're being offered. You can't just ignore, did you hear it? He's offering you a billion dollars. You can't just ignore that. Guys, and what the author of Hebrews is doing in that verse is he's trying to be your friend. And, And he's trying to shake you and saying you just can't ignore it. You can't ignore this great salvation he has for you. You can't ignore his love. He has always loved you. You just can't ignore that. He has always loved you. 
He adopted you into his family. You just can't ignore that. Redeemed and forgiven by the blood of Jesus. You just can't ignore that. I want to be your friend. You're holy and blameless in his sight. You just can't ignore it. Guys, don't ignore this great salvation God has for you tonight in his love. If y'all can bow y'all's heads and pray with me. Dear God, we just, we just come to you right now, Lord. And we just thank you for the amazing truth that you love us, you've always loved us, and you're never going to stop loving us. And we just ask tonight that you, you begin to work on our hearts to to let us really grasp the fullness of that truth. That you really, we really begin to grasp just how much you love us. Even if it seems weird that you love us this much, that you just begin to understand how much he loves us. So maybe for some of us in the room, we, we, we've never heard a love like this before. Maybe for some of us in the room, We've never heard that Jesus loves you. God loves you. You've never heard that someone loves you that much before. And and you just kind of don't know what to do with it. You feel like, man, I want to be loved like that. I want to be God's son. I want to be God's daughter. And if that's you tonight, will, will you just pray something like this with me? Just you, between you and God, something like this. God, God, help me. I need you and you alone. I don't know what to do, but I've heard that you loved me, and I need that kind of love in my life. I need that kind of love in my life. And I just ask that you help me understand what your love means for me and help me follow you because I want to be a believer. I want to follow Jesus. Help me. And if that's you tonight, if you can, if you can raise your hand to let us know that you made that decision tonight, no one looking around. If you, if, you want, if you made that decision tonight, raise your hand. Awesome. Fantastic. That's awesome. You can put your hands down now. Man, I just want to welcome you into the family of God tonight. I want to welcome you that you're a son and a daughter of God. And for the rest of us in this room who are believers in Christ, man, I just want to challenge you. Don't ignore the salvation that's been offered to you. Don't ignore this great love that God's had for you. And don't live like it doesn't exist. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done and what you've done in this room tonight. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So
What's so cool about that song we just sang is you think about how we go through uh, good times and bad times. Sometimes we're on and sometimes we're